Welcome back to another episode of The Scorer's Table. I'm William Robbins. I, I say this every episode that we got an action-packed episode, but Julian, 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 this might be the most action-packed. Oh, man, bro, 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 yeah. What is good, everybody? It's your man, Julian El Guapo, head honcho, the young Benny Blanco, back. We are back. I'm fucking hyped for this, bro. Since we this last recorded. A- yeah. Oh, my God, bro. This Since is- we last recorded. It's going crazy. It's a crazy a time. new NBA it. champion. Anthony Davis is now a Laker. Oh, and the draft is in three days. Man. This, this- is... This is- <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Uh- Make, I'm giddy. Make, yeah, make you listeners out there make yourself comfortable. This one's gonna be uh, this is gonna be a good one. So get a, get get your fireplace going. You know, even though it's the summertime, get your fan <laughs> next to your fireplace. Get your chai latte. Put your feet up. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. I, I've never been more excited for a podcast. Dead ass. Oh, neither right have here. I. Yeah, yeah. Let's do we, it. We live for NBA drama and NBA trades, and 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 I, personally, me. I live for NBA incompetency, and we got <laughs> all of this in here. So, before we even get into Anthony Davis, though, we have to do our due, di- due diligence and just spend a few minutes congratulating the Toronto Raptors on winning the NBA Finals. Most definitely. Most definitely. Congratulations, Toronto. Uh, my condolences for the two trash songs Drake dropped. I'm not a Drake <laughs> hater. I'm not, not a Drake fan, but... Like Drake, those those two beats were were trash. I'm just saying. Like Drake was rapping on them. Don't get it twisted. Drake Drake was coming with the bars. But much as I love Rick Ross, he kind of just mailed in a verse. Whatever, whatever. Drake, you got to do better than that. Anyway, um, yeah, congratulations to Toronto. I mean, I'm yeah, not even even though, the, even though they booed for the injury. I'm not. I mean, cheered for the injury. I'm not like I'm not. I'm, okay. I'm not salty about it. I'm happy they deserve to win. They were the better team. So about the injury. Uh huh. I've I've been doing some thinking and I and I watched a few different angles and whatever. I'm gonna give Toronto the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. And here's why. When Kevin Durant went down, fans started cheering as soon as I believe it was who who was guarding him at the time? Like Siakam or something? Probably. No, it was Abaka, I think. Uh, whoever whoever it was, they grabbed the ball and threw it up for a fast break. That's uh-huh. when fans started started cheering. Uh-huh. And the reason I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here is because they, I'm sure a majority of them weren't even looking at Kevin Durant. They were following the ball. Uh-huh. And they're looking up and they're seeing a fast break leading into a foul, huge momentum change. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant is on the ground and you have a video and you have like a picture of like two guys sitting courtside that are laughing at him. And that makes the entire arena look bad as a result. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I'm sure that there were some people applauding his injury because, I mean, hey, people get heated in sports, whether it's, whether it's right or wrong. And obviously uh-huh. it's wrong, but yeah. people, people do get into sports. And, and, we've all, and, and we've all had moments of cheering for things that we regret in sports. Uh-huh. I agree. Um, ever, no matter who you are, you have to say that. Um, and even if you, and, and even if like half a second later you know it's wrong, but I'm sure that 95 percent of the fans in that building were just cheering for the fact that it was a momentum changing fast break. Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. But regardless, what a series! I, I we both sat here and I think I predicted Golden State in five, and I think you said six. Yeah. Um. 
I'm not sure if that was exactly what was right. I, th- I know I predicted five. I think I said six, but I also said that if it was a sweep, and if, if the Warriors game won, I, w- I said if the Warriors won game one, I would not be surprised if it was a sweep. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously no one, uh, us included, nobody in the world knew how bad Durant's injury was. Uh-huh. Um, and when we both made our predictions, I think we assumed that Durant was going to be back like game two or three kind of uh-huh. thing. Yeah. At least I did. I agree. Uh, and we also didn't, obviously, know anything about when Looney got hurt yeah, and, and yeah. stuff like that as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we walked into this series with a fully healthy Clay Thompson, Kavon Looney, um, and Durant was expected to be back game two or three. And on the Raptors side, Kawhi was a little bit banged up. Uh-huh. So, in hindsight, yeah, we were both very wrong, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like everyone was wrong with this. Nobody could have known like what was going to happen injury-wise. Uh-huh. And that for my all oh, my friend Van Vliet stock would would rise from its doldrums. Until, I remember remember until, round one. <laughs> round one, you were so close to selling. I wasn't happy. I was not happy about it. <laughs> I think I, I think I think you might have sold a little bit of that, I but think I, you know, I you, you kept. kept I, I still kept yeah. my condo on Fred Van Vliet. You did. Island, I, but, think, uh, I think. I think. I think you sold out. a little bit of the lawn, but you kept the condo. <laughs> <laughs> you sold a little bit of the of the property, but you, you kept the house itself. <laughs> what can I say? I just. I just like guys from Wichita State. Like I believe in those guys. I'm. I'm a Shamit fan, and I'm also a still. I still have some Clay Anthony early stock. So. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we did, uh, never got shot at the strip club with this girl. Did Ron Baker go to Wichita State? Am yeah, I, he did. I, I was I never a fan of Ron Baker. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not rooting for anyone with a bull cut. Like, it's not happening. Fair. Fair. But, gonna... but Toronto, Toronto, Van Vliet played out of his mind. Uh-huh. Lowry completely carried them in the first half of that last game. Siakam carried them the second half. Uh-huh. Kawhi gets a very deserving finals MVP. Uh-huh. And then today was the uh, the championship parade. You got Kawhi, you got partying with Drake, you got him joking around the, the Toronto fans, you got Jeremy Lin spraying champagne and yes. celebrating. Yes. 45 seconds of game time to $45,000 worth of champagne he's probably drank. <laughs> but... <laughs> Honestly, thanks to baby Kawhi, like... I'm the most happy for Jeremy Lin to get a title on this Raptors team. Oh, of course I'm happy for I'm Jeremy I'm so happy Lin. for I Jeremy just, Lin. I'm so happy love, for him. I just love how his social media is all like so self-congratulatory. Congratulatory. Like, dude, you play, literally you and I both scored the same amount of points this series. <laughs> so, weirdly enough, like, Pat McCaw took a W this this season, I think. I think Pat McCaw like, had a huge win. Years. Well, think about, <laughs> think about the year that McCaw had. So, he gets in a whole fight with Golden State. Uh-huh. Then he goes to Cleveland, then he can't find a team, and then Toronto picks him up, and suddenly he has another championship. And actually played, like, a few, like, nice minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, he had a three or two in the uh, yeah. in the finals. Uh-huh. Yeah, and also, I think, in the, in the in the Philly series, if I remember right, he actually, like, came in for a few minutes and made a few shots. Good Might for him. Have, I don't remember that much, but, yeah, but I, I was surprised that he even had any impact, because I thought he was, like, just an unplayable guy. I thought he was going to get the Lynn treatment. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Eric Moreland getting a ring, my man. I know, I know. But, but I, I watched the one of those weird like rabbit hole guys. Like he's got some like nice highlights. I don't know. He does. He yeah. does. He he's one of those guys who wouldn't shock me if he's out of the league after next year or suddenly it's oh Eric Moreland, twelve minutes a game, actually playing some decent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. Yep. But it's it's not. Yeah. 
But it also would totally not shock me if he's just not playing a single minute ever again in the NBA. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. No, let's, let's, let's move away from Eric Moreland to talk. So, yeah. yeah that, 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 <laughs> I think we talked about Eric Moreland more than Eric Moreland's <laughs> wife talked about Eric Moreland. Uh, true, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, but, I don't know, is he even married? I don't know. But He's a good, pretty good-looking guy, I'd say. You know, he's got the braids, you know. He might. Swag, he's got rich. the beard, you know. I'm trying to grow my beard out a little bit. I'm, I'm yeah. still, still working on it, beginning stages, you know, but <laughs> trying to get, like, my man Will over here, you know. I committed to that a while ago. Yeah, I'm not going any longer than this, but, you know. Yeah, you should. Um, but You're not I trying just, to go full. Just because you work in Williamsburg doesn't mean you have to, like, you know, go, I'm, go with full I'm fucking. I actually, actually it, it, it's shorter <laughs> than it normally is for, uh, for work here. Got to look professional. Nice, nice. Um, Shout out to Vice. My man making moves here. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because I watch I watch the championship parade and I watch Kawhi celebrate. How does he leave? <laughs> like he he leaves. He says, uh, "Well, he's bye. gonna leave. he's gonna leave. He's gonna go to the Clippers." <laughs> I feel. Um, yeah, man. Like he's uh, Kawhi. If, if he's gone, it, it's a nice situation. It's a win win situation for him. Yeah, I, I love I love the alert. Um, Los Angeles Lakers interested in Kawhi. It's like yeah, and I'm interested in Zendaya. Neither of these things. <laughs> <are> <laughs> Shout out my girlfriend that just gave me an evil look. <laughs> I think Yawa Shahidi is actually cuter than Zendaya. Oh my god. So it's pretty fine though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but but the point is, it's like, what is the point of that alert? <laughs> you know? It's, <laughs> it's just like, oh, cool. So is every other team in the league. Revolutionary thinking by Rob Pelicki. So let's get into the Anthony Davis trade. That's congratulations to the Raptors. Um, hope Kawhi stays because that's a fun team. Uh-huh. So Anthony Davis, I'm going to read the full trade. Then we're going to talk about uh, what this means. Let's start with the Pelicans, what it means for the Pelicans. So here's the full trade. Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, the number four pick in this draft, a pick that's in, that's in 2021, where if it falls out of the top eight, it becomes unprotect, unprotected in 2022. So this is a reverse protection pick where the Pelicans only get it if it's in the top eight. Uh-huh. And then if, it, if it's not in the top eight, which I don't think it will, and the Pelicans hope it won't, because then it becomes unprotected in 2022, which is the mega high school and college player draft also known as the year Bronny James is eligible for the league, Um, as well as an unprotected uh, swap in 2023, an unprotected first in 2024, and another swap in 2025. How many picks in right there was David Griffin like, just like put put his uh, put his phone on uh, on mute and turned over to Swin Cash, his new executive over there, and said, "Why is Polinka still talking? I would have taken this 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 trade four picks ago." Wow, it's it's a, it's a it's it's a hell of a lot for Anthony Davis. Who are, and, who are they bidding against? Um, I I, I don't know honestly because the Knicks supposedly kind of fell out of the sweepstakes, right? Yeah, yeah. The Knicks the the Knicks kind of got scared off by the whole clutch sports thing, and they weren't going to trade for him, especially after Durant got hurt, because uh-huh. they were they were afraid that even if they did trade for AD, that the that clutch would just push him towards LA. Boston uh-huh. apparently wasn't willing to th- discuss Jalen or 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 Jason. Smart. Um, and and who can blame them after what Rich Paul said about the Celtics and how Anthony Davis. Might not even play a game there. 
Mm-hmm. And even though the Nets actually were supposedly, uh, you know, scope uh, snooping around, uh, yeah, they weren't. To, they weren't. Fix- they weren't willing to throw in anything of significance. Of course, they weren't and, trying to empty the cupboards again. And the like, only other team oh, that was you. that was interested was Denver. They poked around, but they weren't willing to talk about Jamal Murray. So it's like, what are you going to include, Gary Harris? Like, what? Get out of here! Yeah. So literally, the Lakers were bidding against themselves because the Clippers didn't even make an offer. Yeah, it's it's the more the more honestly, I was about to say that. Uh, excuse me, it was a massive burp. Um, <laughs> I I was about to say that um, that this this is a trade that the winner and loser aren't really clear right now. You kind of have to wait. Uh, uh, we won't we won't years, know until we won't know until twenty twenty five who won this trade. I agree, but man, it's gonna, will, it's gonna be hard for the Pelicans to lose this trade. I, I will think. say this. I will say this right now. Um, the Lakers absolutely, you have to say that they won the trade because right this second, that is, I don't think they did, but you have to say it because they got the best, the best, second best, third best, wherever you want to rank him player in the league paired up with another top five guy in the league. They now have two top five guys in the league on the same team. Uh Uh-huh. And no matter where these picks go, no matter how good Ingram, Ball, or Hart becomes, they got Anthony freaking Davis. Yes. And that right there, it makes them, it makes them a championship contender. Uh, we'll talk about what that means for the rest of their roster in a little bit and the incompetence of Palinka. We'll get that, to that. will make them a championship contender or not. That is yeah, what that is exactly. what will make or break this team. But the point is, is right now, no team in the league, even 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 a healthy Durant and Steph Curry, no team in the league has the one-two combo that the Pel- that that the uh, the Lakers do. And honestly, you look back in NBA history. And I'm not sure that we've ever had a situation like this with a number one and two guy like this, where arguably the best and second best player were both on the same team. Mm-hmm. And I, that, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I mean, you you think you think maybe Kareem and Magic and something like that, but but Kareem was a little bit older and Magic was young. You have Anthony Davis in his prime and LeBron who doesn't seem to age. Mm-hmm. And now, and now you can kind of get into the whole, well, Kawhi's the best guy in the league, or Durant, but, but, but you, you know what I mean, or Giannis, but yeah. the fact is, they have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the same team. You have to give, you have to give them the win for that. That yeah, being said, I, uh, that being said, <laughs> that, being is, said. <laughs> that being said, that will allow me to refute everything I just said. All right, all right, let's hear it. So... First of all, who were they bidding against? Second of all, this doesn't. Do you think LeBron cares about them trading picks in two, in two thousand in twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five? Of course not. Of course, I think not. LeBron what even cares that care? they traded the number four pick this year. LeBron doesn't want to play with rookies. But here's what matters: those draft picks, even if you never had any intention of using them, uh-huh. you trade them for players. You trade them. For the guys to fill out your roster. That's how you can afford, like the Cavs did, to trade two number ones for Timofey Mozgov, uh-huh. who then becomes the second highest scorer in the, uh, in, the, in the championship in 2014, I think. Yeah. 2013, 2014. 2014, uh-huh. yeah. 
uh, or or you trade a number one pick for Kyle Korver to then win them the championship in tw- uh-huh. in 2015. Those picks are important because they get you the role guys. Yeah. And I just I can't believe that Polinka literally gave up every single pick until the year 2025. You know, you know what's going to happen in 2025, Julian? I you get married? I'll be 27. <laughs> I will be I will I will have been out of college for 6 years by then. Damn. <laughs> they are, they are, the, the Pelicans literally traded enough draft picks to have a, to have a kid go through t- um, 11th grade, 12th grade, and four years of college. God damn, that's crazy. The, the problem with this, the, the, with all throwing all the draft picks in, is it's, it, it seems reckless to me. And yeah. when you throw in draft picks recklessly, as exactly. Billy King did, as Chris Wallace did with that Memphis pick and what the Jeff Green trade that yep. was with the Celtics yep. this year. Well, you just throw it where you're like, ah, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll just give him this, this, this first round unprotected draft pick. That's yeah. when really catastrophic occurrences happen. Exactly, exactly. That's a problem. And, and, going, and going one step further, this show, this trade showed, and again, congratulations to the Lakers. They got Anthony freaking Davis. But this shows how desperate Polinka was to get this done uh-huh. because I can't figure out who they were bidding against and the incompetency that that Polinka didn't understand the fact that because they made the trade so early, they now don't have max cap space. <laughs> so so it turns out it turns out that Polinka, okay, Rob Polinka and I are both two men in America. One of us is a general manager, or one of them is, a, one of us is a president of basketball operations and general manager. Yes. The other one is currently sitting in his apartment recording a podcast. Yes. One Flappish of us. apartment, very nice Flappish apartment, I'm sure. Shouts out to, shout out us, to the, my favorite Caribbean restaurants. One, one of us knows what the minimum roster charge is. Uh-huh. And the other doesn't. The person that does <laughs> is not the president of basketball operations. That's a, a former agent. <laughs> we should fucking so, know this. So, so for those for the people that don't know, the minimum roster charge is basically when a team has less than twelve guys, there is there is a cap hold put on your on your tax or put on your salary cap to say, okay, th- these positions need to be filled up, and it's put in as a minimum contract for a rookie, so about nine hundred thousand uh-huh. dollars. So what that means is that because because the Lakers have. This only happens when there's less than 12 guys on the roster. So because usually usually a team has like one or two like three free agents at most, so it's like a like a two and a half million dollar cap hole that doesn't even matter. But the Lakers have six guys. Uh-huh. Which makes that about five and a half million dollars that they can't spend because it's cap hold. Combine that with the five mil five or six million dollars that they stretched Luel Dang with, which remember remember what I said a few uh, I think it's like podcast number three or something. This is uh-huh. a while ago, and I was I like, remember That's this. Gonna come yep. back to bite the Lakers. Yep. And because I was like, I was like, you trade him when he's an expiring because then he's got value. By buying him out, you get nothing and he's on your books. Uh-huh. But they bought him out because incompetency. And sure enough, 
Now they they can't literally spend ten million dollars of their cap space because half of it is to Luol Dang and half of it is to players that they have to sign. <laughs> Combine that with the fact that Anthony. Sorry, I'm getting very numbers right, here, very number based right here. Combine <laughs> that with the fact that Anthony Davis has a trade bonus, which he already picked up of four million dollars. So the Lakers have essentially gone from having max cap space to $23 million. It's, 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 it's just some sh- just shitty decision-making. All of that, because, number one, Rob Palenka didn't know about, about um, minimum roster charge. Uh-huh. And two, because he didn't know that waiting until July 30th made it so Anthony Davis's $4 million trade bonus gets nulled. Yeah, is a- is AD taking that money or is he just? Yeah, like, we already we already know he's taking it. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and good for him. Get your money. Mm-hmm. I just again, congratulations to the Lakers. They got Anthony Davis. But what have I said here about Rob Palenka that should inspire anyone to think that he's going to handle the rest of this well? I Anthony completely Davis agree. Trusted the, not really trusted, but didn't have a choice. But Anthony Davis, the first half of his career was run by a completely incompetent, a completely incompetent front office, mm-hmm. a completely incompetent new a New Orleans Saints front office. Yes, that spent money on Solomon Hill, Alexis Ajinsa, and Omer, Omer Asik. <laughs> and now he's trusting the rest of his prime to Rob Palinka. Not a good idea. Not a good idea, but, you know, a, a, end of the day, I guess AD got what he wanted, and yeah. now we will. Now he might get a congratulations, you played yourself, or he might get a ring on his finger. Who knows? We'll, we'll, see. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Now, now, if the Lakers win a championship, none of this will matter. Yes. No one, no one will care that the Lakers... Because bear in mind, when these picks start to, start to come into effect, for instance, in 2025 where the Pelicans will still have a Lakers draft pick, uh-huh. LeBron will be over 40. LeBron's gone by then. LeBron's <laughs> long gone by then. So there's a chance that these picks could be insane. Uh-huh. And I just I, I, I just I have to congratulate David Griffin, because even if the Celtics had done their mega offer of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and every draft pick they have, uh-huh. I'm still not sure it's better than this one. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. This, this, package, this package is unlike anything I thought they'd get. So, so if, you were, if you were David Griffin, what would have been the bare minimum trade you would have taken? Three picks... Lonzo Ingram and the third player. Yeah, I would have the minimum I would have probably done is Lonzo Hart Ingram uh and number 4 and maybe uh-huh. another unprotected. But I honestly, gone, honestly I would have gone two more. I would have gone two more picks yeah, because yeah, end of the no day you no was offering more, but no one was yeah. offering more. True, but you've got two des- desperate guys, one who needs any kind of positive press. Rob Palinka needs any kind of positive press, and yep. Kurt Rambis needs anything that, you know, he, you know, he can st- stop watching porn so he can, like, d- talk with his wife about basketball <laughs> so she, you know, she can keep getting him jobs working for the, as, as a consultant for, <laughs> for the Lakers for an office. That's what—they've got two. They've got Porno Rambis and, uh, and, and Palinka. 
And those are two desperate guys. And you've got Jeannie Boss, who's also desperate, I think, for a yeah, good press. Of you've course. You've got three of desperate course. people. And but, as but a here's result, the thing. you get a lot of shit. Agreed. Agreed. But here's the thing. The Pelicans essentially got one, got five, yeah, five draft picks and three guys with trade value. Mm-hmm. And they got all of this. So Rob Palenka gave up all this, but couldn't even negotiate the Pelicans to wait 30 days to make the trade happen so they could have maximum cap. Or Sorry, not even 30 days. Um, 13 days. They couldn't all this and they couldn't get the Pelicans to wait 13 days. so They'd have optimal space. No, no, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. At the end of the day, though, I mean, I think that though the most interesting thing about this trade for me is what the what the Lakers do with the the rest of this twenty three million dollars. Yeah, and actually, okay, and here here is where we get to the kind of interesting point of this. Uh-huh. The Los Angeles Lakers have six guys on their roster, as we named before. Yes. Of those six guys, there are maybe three playable guys. Yeah. I just – so I'm looking up their salary cap Mo right Wagner's now. Mo Wagner's not playing next year, let's be honest. No. I actually kind of like Mo Wagner, but, like, I, 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 he's not playing next year. No, he's not. but this is, this, is, <laughs> this is who they currently have. Uh-huh. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Mo Wagner, Kyle Kuzma, uh-huh. Isaac Bonga. That's I, don't it. Know who, I don't know who the last guy is. <laughs> I think he went to Gonzaga. Is that true? Uh, I don't actually know where he went, but I, <laughs> he's this dude's actually kind of an intriguing prospect. He's a six yeah? eight point guard. Oh, okay, okay, but, Isaac. Let's but go. but even but even still, he's not getting any playtime. Yeah, of course. Um, the G League probably most of the year. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So they this twenty three million might actually save the Lakers from themselves uh-huh. in a way. We're now not having cap space. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna present two potential options to you. Okay. Which of these would you rather have? Kemba Walker or let's go Patrick Beverly, uh Marcus Morris, Danny Green, and um who's another just a Nerlens Noel. I'm I'd taking probably... door two every time. Not even exactly. close. I'm not thinking about it. Obviously, I'm taking option number two. Yeah, and actually, a, a player that I do think is intriguing, though, um, two players that I think are intriguing with the Lakers, now that they actually won't have max cap space, uh-huh. are, uh, are Ricky Rubio and Paul Millsap. I would Paul throw, Millsap, uh, especially. I would throw Corey Joseph in there. Ooh, I Clutch like guy. That. Makes is Corey sense. Joseph a clutch guy? I didn't know yes, that. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I made sure before the, before we recorded this podcast, I made sure to uh, <laughs> to write down a lot of notable clutch Marcus clients, Morris. especially yep, Morris twins, Eric Bledsoe, KCP, of course, yep. uh, Terrence Ferguson, but but they have, uh, Nerlens, Jr. and Thompson, obviously, and Waiters Island. They have twenty three million dollars in space. Waiters uh-huh. Island is a clutch guy. I didn't know yes, that. Yes, he is. <laughs> I just learned something. It's a fun so, fit with LeBron, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, never, never, never. It's so, so with twenty three million dollars in space, could you get Paul Millsap for ten, um, and then Pat Beverly for seven, Marcus Morris for seven? 
Marcus and Morris then, is getting paid more than that this offseason. I don't think he's turning down I, money. I think uh, I think someone's going to give him $10 million a year. I can completely see I, it. I can see it. I just I, I wouldn't want to be the team that does. It's an overpay, obviously, but I, I, I think that when, when, the, when his agent brings up his statistics in the first yeah. half of the year, and you can talk yourself into Mar- Marcus Morris very easily, yeah. especially if you don't want a ton of him play. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, him playing as far as just stopping ball movement, taking yeah. bad mid-range jumpers, and you know whatever. But yeah, I just I think that I think that door number two of having that, um, having like because as we just saw with the Raptors this year and with the last several champions, is you need to be able to go seven eight deep. You need seven eight guys. Yes, yes, you need, yes, yes. You need, you need seven definite guys. And then an eighth guy that's capable of playing five minutes or so. So you need to, about seven and a half guys. Right now they have three. Yeah. Um, I, I want to throw a few names at you as far as uh, possible free agents for them this offseason. Um, what do you think of – how much do you think DeAndre Jordan's making? How much he made last year, or how much I think he will make? How we, how much he will make this year, this off season? I mean, because I'm I, wondering about he could be a cheap fit for the Lakers. I think I, I could. I, I don't think that he would. I, I wouldn't want him if I were the Lakers, but I can completely I think, see them doing it. I think he gets ten. I wouldn't go above seven. Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green. I, 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 would, I would actually pay Jermichael Green up to, like, nine. I actually completely would, too. I'm a, I'm a huge fan I, of I this. like Jermichael Green a lot. Yep. I think that if the Lakers are smart, they'll go at maybe... I, I think that... Jermichael Green is, is Walmart Draymond Green. He, he actually is. Completely deadass. Another guy who's kind of in that same mold, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, who kind of had a mm. down year last year in Dallas, yeah. but I still really like that guy. I like Wayne him. Ellington is a, a, Wayne think, Ellington I, is I a shooter Finney on the Smith, team. I think Finney-Smith might be a little bit undersized to play that kind of role, but even still, he's uh, he, he's an intriguing player. I like Justin Holiday too. Uh-huh. Justin Holiday is one of my sleepers. We talked and we talked about this guy before the draft. Rondé Hollis Jefferson's another one of my sleepers. I know you hate him from your t- from his time on the Nets, <laughs> but this dude is capable of guarding one through five, and I think that if you're throwing him in as your, like your eighth or ninth man off your bench. It's not bad. I, he's someone that you can just throw off the just just sometimes. He's he's and, a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Where if if you're a coach, and and let's say so let's say okay, there was a moment in in the uh, in the Celtics season um, where Jamal Murray torched them in a game, and he had like 46 points that game. Mm-hmm. And and imagine you're Brad Stevens, and this is what you see: you see an injured Marcus Smart, and then and then these are your options to then guard him, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown. Who is all, who is fine, but you don't want him defending point guards. Uh-huh. Rogier, Kyrie, Brad Wanamaker. Ew, it's ew, nice to yeah. be able to look down the bench and have Rondé Hollis Jefferson there. I completely you know? agree with that. I think that's the perfect game for him. Also, because he he can also play a little undersized center, and he's yeah, someone that if, if you're the in. other team, you're not really expecting him to maybe be out there in certain situations. And if you, you can kind of just catch the other team off guard, that's actually he was actually one of the. He was maybe the biggest reason he and D'Lo for the Nets uh, come from behind when they were down like 30 in the third quarter against the Kings. And Rondé right, just went right. out there. And as, went an, as an undersized center, it kind of it kind of opens up his career a lot. And so, so, okay, so ready? This is this is a phrase I'm coining right here. You've heard of a spark plug off the bench. Yes. 
I'm calling him a spark stopper. Ooh. I'm coining that okay. phrase right now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, there's, there's a few other, you know, interesting cheap guys, I think, this offseason. Is for, I don't know how much Deadman is going to make, but... Um, He's intriguing. I like him. I, I, wonder, wonder, the, I wonder how much Alex Len will get paid, too. If I were the... I, I, I need the Nets to re-sign my man Ed Davis, but if you're the Lakers, that's got to look at. Yeah. Troy Daniels, 40% three-point shooter, doesn't add a lot of other ways, but... Yeah. He's someone to look at, you know, Darren Collison, if they need a backup guard, or maybe he's a fit there. Yeah. Um, Marquise Chris. I mean, yeah, there, there, there's, <laughs> no, no, not him. There's, there, there's a lot of guys that are available. <laughs> you almost, yeah, you almost snuck that by. Um, but there's a lot Amari? of guys that are available, and if the Lakers opt for door number two, Instead of, instead of then throwing, uh, so so let's say let's say they can't afford Kemba for twenty three, but they're just like you know what let's just throw twenty three million at Tobias Harris. Assuming they don't do that, there is a lot of potential outcomes they can do, and if they do that, then I'll have more faith in Palenka. I agree with that. Also, I think that Tobias isn't taking that deal. Tobias can get way more money other places. I think that. Even even though the idea, you know, playing with LeBron is sound, sounds nice sometimes, but I think when Tobias gets there, he wouldn't exactly be a huge fan. Especially that he can Agreed. be a number two. He can get the get paid and probably play like a number two guy this offseason. Yeah, um, the idea that Kemba is turning down eighty million dollars to be the third option in LA is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Totally, it's not happening. totally. <laughs> Come on. Wow. Now, now another another thing here. In this in this trade, is I'm not sure where the Pelicans go from here with this number four pick, uh-huh. but th- I think it would be a mistake if they use that pick. I agree. I think if you're the Pelicans, and we'll get to we'll talk about the draft a little more later on in the podcast. But I think if you're the Pelicans, this is a trade that I I, I don't. Uh, I mean, this is a pick. I, I, okay, here's the thing. I want to preface this. For the last half an hour, I watched Darius Garland's highlights. He looks fucking great. He, but, he's, he's an interesting guy. But, and also, at the same time, I don't know. I, I would want to try to bring him off the bench or just really let him develop for his first years. And the Pelicans now have yeah. two starting guards in uh, Holiday and Lonzo. Who, who um, I actually think are a perfect backcourt. So okay, I completely agree. Thank you. Yeah, I completely so, agree. So, so to so to cut you off for a second, uh-huh. I have talked a lot of shit about Lonzo Ball on this. Podcast. Oh yes, you have. I'm, I'm very much enjoying his father's press run right now. Oh my god. <laughs> now he said that the Lakers will never win another championship. Oh my god. It's so also, good. the fact that he he said that um he also said that um <laughs> I'm trying not to I'm trying not to laugh. Um, he said when he was talking about how, you know, Lonzo's never going to play a game in New Orleans. You know, New Orleans is cold, all that stuff, terrible, yeah. never going to play there. He said he said that because he wanted Lonzo there the entire time, so he jinxed it so that it would happen. Yeah, yeah, I totally believe that. <laughs> well, David Griffin's going to have a lot of fun with LeVar. Now, I would, I would – can LeVar and Gail Benson just, like, have lunch on national TV? I just – I'd love that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I wish I wish as a uh, as an owner she could just be like Lavar. Here's here's two million dollars. I'm giving you two million dollars in cash. Shut up. It's pretty 
crazy like the hush money a, yeah. a someone's relative. Yeah. <laughs> now, all that Lonzo Ball stock that I have not only sold but literally burned down the trading post. You took a shit on it and threw it off the Brooklyn Bridge. That's what you yep. That's what you did. I am buy I'm buying <laughs> I'm buying all of it back now. I don't have much on sale. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't have what I took. I took most of what you what you saw. Now, yeah, I just Lonzo Ball is now in the perfect situation. Yes, and and one of my main reasons for hating on Lonzo, besides the fact that he can't shoot, which yeah. is still going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. But but re- remember, Lavar is going to teach him how to shoot free throws now. He's been he's been oh, yeah, withholding yeah. that. Yep. Um. Secret. Um, but Lonzo is now in the perfect place. Him and Drew Holiday now make the best defensive backcourt in the league. It, dep- it depends who the, the, the what the Celtics do in, uh, in in free agency if they can get someone like Conley or whatnot. But um, right right now, I think I think it's definitely at least it's it's like top three at least. That's fair. My dream backcourt for the Celtics is still Marcus Smart and Pat Bev. Ooh, 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 ooh. I, I've, I've, damn, that would be crazy. I love I've that. I've mentioned this. That. I've mentioned this to a few people, but my new dream Celtic starting lineup is TJ McConnell, Marcus Smart, um, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, and Pat Bev. <laughs> I want that to be our starting five next year. Give me five dudes that won't back down from everyone that are all undersized and that, that I will go to war with. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Don't actually have that happen, but that would be hysterical because every one of those guys is, is you, you know, you, that, that would just be like grifty. I can't wait for the, for the Marcus Smart Pat Bev fight. That would be fantastic. Oh my God. Not on the same team. They would be awesome together. Oh, damn, bro. They would fuck someone up. <laughs> and, <Okay. laughs> and, if, and if you bring back Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines already opted back in. I, I've said for years that the Celtics lead the league in combat muscles. Yeah. You're gonna resign Simi? Oh my God! Could you imagine? Is seriously they they are they have all they for the last few years they have been the team that I think is number one on the list of they have guys that will actually try to fight you. Yeah, I agree. Tice um, looks like an Irish drug dealer. I know, except except for maybe Toronto, just because Serge Ibaka is such a far and away the number one guy in the league for he'll actually throw a punch at your head. Oh yeah, or the dick at the same time. <laughs> no. But yeah, so for the for the Pelicans though, they have the number four pick. If they can get eight and ten from from Atlanta, you do that in a heartbeat. Because yeah. I think I think that after pick number uh, after pick number three, the talent level decreases so much that I'd rather have eight and ten than number four. Because I think that there's just as high of a chance of getting someone. If you were if you were debating between either like a number four getting Jarrett Culver or, or uh, Darius Garland or DeAndre Hunter DeAndre Hunter someone like that. Or at number eight and ten, taking what taking two of Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, Brandon Clark, Bull Bull, Col- Kobe White. You know what I mean? I completely I'd rather, agree. I'd rather shoot my shot with two of them. Kind kind of what Phoenix did a few years back when they took <laughs> when when they took Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris. Hasn't and, aged well. <laughs> no, the picks haven't aged well, but the concept I like. I like it. Yeah, take two high ceiling guys, and, and well, actually, I, I wouldn't take two high, two like 
like no, no, swing I think for the I, fences guy. No, I think, I think but, you have like, to take one sure thing and yeah, then one, one swing for the fence guy. So they I, didn't do. But I like the idea of using of using two picks like that to, to try to be like, you know what, one of them's got to pan out. I agree. And one of the guys that, you know, that they, they might be looking at for four, like Culver, could completely fall to number eight. Yeah, Personally, exactly. I'm actually not a huge Culver fan. He didn't show up when it counted the most. And honestly, right. even though that, he, you know, he, he's, a, he's a nice shooter and, you know, he, he's definitely, I think he'll be a nice role player in the league. He doesn't have the, the first step. He doesn't have that, that burst that you yeah. look for for an offensive a, a player who's predicated around his, his scoring ability, even though he can do other things, you know, that's, that's what stands out about him the most. Yeah. I worry, I worry about have that like next level athleticism. You need to get by long defenders. That's the problem mm-hmm. I think with Culver for me. It's also yeah. only six, six. Yeah. I worry. I worry about his wingspan. I worry about his okay. three point percentage. I worry about his turnovers, but mm-hmm. again, and there's, I, I've said this so many times in this, I've said this about, said this in the draft for this year, more than any other year that I can remember. Uh-huh. Literally picks number four through let's go thirteen. Could I? I could see every single one of those guys being really good or a complete disaster, depending on where they're drafted. I completely agree, and it's guy. Oh, it's guys crazy. also in like the bull bull Michael like twentieth. Exactly, be superstar. Well, I'm okay. Maybe. Here's the thing: I'm I'm bull bull. I just want to say this real quick. If I'm in a draft like this. I'd rather just fucking swing for the fences. With yeah, if like I that, and it'd be a massive disaster and if what, I, whatever. If I had it eight and work. ten, I'd rather just do that. Yeah, if I had, if I had eight and ten, I would, I, I would probably take like a cam radish and a bowl bowl. Uh-huh. But anyway, now in this in this draft, yeah. But here's here's their most intriguing trade, uh-huh. and and there's a few centered around like Clint Capella or someone like that. But this is what I think they should do with number four. With number four. Chicago sitting there at number seven. Mm. Chicago needs a point guard. Mm-hmm. Chicago would probably be willing to draft up. Let's say they fall in love with Darius Garland. Yes. Like you have. Mm-hmm. I haven't fallen in love, love yet, but <laughs> and that's his highlights. It's convi- It's pretty convincing. It's pretty convincing. I can't <laughs> lie. So let's say let's say they they look at uh they look at Darius Garland and go. You know what? He's the point guard of our future. Terrible fit, by the way. Well, yeah, but again, he like, and Levine are gonna just share the ball. <laughs> that it, it's it's Chicago. Nothing <laughs> would surprise me. But what about a potential number four for number seven and Wendell Carter? If I'm if I'm the Pelicans, I take that in a heartbeat. The same. I don't know if Chicago takes that. I'm still really high on Wendell Carter. I said last year during the draft. That Wendell Carter in the right situation could be one of those guys that we look back on and be like, wait, how did this guy end up as the best player in the draft? I completely agree. And I still agree. He really showed flashes, even though that uh, yeah, he, he got, the, the he got, he got I really kind of fucked him up a little bit. But yeah. he, he got injured mm-hmm. a lot, and he, it's not a great fit for him. But, but yeah. still, I, I love Wendell Carter. And if I'm the right team, I think he's a, good, uh, you think, I think he's a pretty good fit next to Zion. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough shots to go around for him in this situation. There's just not. No, no, and the thing that I and the thing that I really like, if if the Pelicans can get the right center, they are. I mean, they're already my number one. I'm gonna watch this team on uh, on Rip NBA Streams Reddit. Uh, 
<laughs> on, 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 they're they're going to be my number one league pass team, you know? But we need some hackers out here to come through for <laughs> us, bro. Seriously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we – yeah, I just – I love the idea of Lonzo and Drew playing together because they are both point guards that don't need the ball. I love Ingram just being in his – being in a in a fresh situation, out of the spotlight, not having the pressure, he can he can rec- he can recover from his his blood clots. There's no pressure for him to you know come out and play game one because they're trying to make the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. he can, he can recover and then he can come back. And he's obviously shown a lot of flashes. Ingram is still 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And then he's young as hell. Yes. And then obviously you have Zion. Mm-hmm. And Zion is now walking into. A position as a as a as a as a rookie that very few players have been able to walk into, in a in a in a now stable organization with a good coach and good players around him. Mm-hmm. This is not something that happens a lot. Yes, you you look back you look back at the top three picks from the last whatever many drafts. Players don't stick with their teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, in the last in the last few years. So last year, or sorry, two years ago, it was Tatum, Lonzo, and Fultz. Only one of those guys is still with still with his team, and he's the one that landed in a good situation. Yes. Um, and there was a chance that he would have been traded for Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum, but well, the Celtics, we know, didn't really offer him because of the Anthony Davis issues. But it's the players that are drafted top three. It's it's really tough to thrive in an unstable environment and zion is going into a perfectly stable environment it's huge i come i completely agree i completely agree and also the thing with this pelicans thing uh the pelican situation is they also have cap space now yeah they've got they've they could they could go after some guys i don't know i, I wouldn't be if from the pelicans i'd be i'd be really looking at like noah vonley or something one of those yeah. type of guys you know i think he could really as far as a little rim protection, but also space the floor because ideally for the Pelicans right now, if you want, because Zion is pretty much like a point center at this point, you want someone I, in in a dream world, you want a center who can hit threes and block shots. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, someone, and, and that's why I don't think Capella maybe is the best fit like right now for this, for this situation. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to start in 2008 here. I'm going to read you the last few years of of the top 3 picks in the draft because it's startling that nobody's still with their team. Uh-huh. 2008, Rose Beasley Mayo. Oof. 2000, 2009, Blake Griffin Hashim to beat James Harden. Oof. 2010, Wall Turner Favors. 2011. Oh, I, well, John Wall's still with his team. Yeah, there's one guy out of the first three drafts we've named. Next I was, one. I was, I was more saying that John Wall is going to be with his team for, oh, yeah. for yeah. a while. I don't think that's a, that's a statistic that's going to change. No, no. The next one: Kyrie Irving, Derek Williams, Anis Cantor. 2012: Anthony Davis, Kid Gilchrist, Beal. So so far, we've only named two guys that are still with their teams. Then we got Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo, Otto Porter. Yep, you've, you've proven your point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- th- and then and then and then so on. Wiggins, Parker, Embiid, and and whatever, and from and from there, Towns, Russell, Okafor. The point is, the point is, the top three guys do not go into stable organizations and thrive for the most part. Yes, and 
to have Zion at least walk into this, and and this could end up being a total disaster with with let's say Lavar suddenly start shitting on everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really likely, <laughs> very likely chance. But Alvin Gentry is a great is I'm not actually I'm not gonna say great. He's he's certainly an above average coach, and I think he's a perfect coach for this type of team as far exactly. as exactly one team. Yep. Um, David Griffin is certainly a top exec, mm-hmm. and and just and so on. They seem to have stable ownership, which is not something I thought I'd say. Gail mm-hmm. Benson certainly has shown that she's willing to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far, so far, I'd already rather have her than Jeannie Buss. I, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I mean, she's certainly she's certainly not in the bottom ten of owners. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I just the Pel- the Pelicans are going to be a fun team. Z- Zion, Lonzo Ball, alley oops are going to be awesome. Ingram being able to create on his own and not and, and being able and playing with with Lonzo and Drew means that Ingram will also have the ball in his hands with the opportunity to make plays because neither of them are going to be ball dominant. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree, and and like we said earlier, there's also guys you know they can get the season. Maybe maybe my man Rashawn Holmes. Who knows? Yeah. That would be a fun fit. Uh, what did this... you What did you think about the Lakers' refusal to to trade Kuzma? It it, it was it, I was about to say something when you brought up Jeannie Buss because it, it, Kyle Kuzma has clearly just been palling around with her and yep. uh, the executives in that organization um, for the last few few months and was essentially just like the favorite child. You know, yep. didn't didn't get the you know the, the short end of the stick and got to stay in L.A. I'm curious, like to me. I'm curious to know how many picks were included because they wouldn't trade Kuzma. It's a good point. So, because I'm not too, too high on Kuzma. No, I know. I know. I've mentioned this before. I don't remember if you're high on him. I'm. I'm not that high on him because, like, my one of my many shoutouts. Not not really complimentary shout outs to Rudy Gay uh, in, in this <laughs> podcast, but you can that player is replaceable. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, I mean, the, the, the drop off between Kyle Kuzma and Jeff Green is like not massive. Yeah, I could get Jeff Green for like three million dollars a year, maybe. Yeah, and Kuzma, how much? Uh, I I think he's getting paid like three million dollars this year or something. But yeah, and he, he will he's, be he's going to be a free agent, and then he's going to be paid exactly. But. He's 24 years old, so he is what he is at this point, essentially. Yeah, I, he's I, certainly, he's never going to be an all-star. He, I mean, this year, this year, his raw stats look good. 19 points a game, six rebounds, five, uh, six rebounds, three assists. Not terrible. Mm-hmm. But with the specific team that they're building, he doesn't fit at all. He's a 30% three-point shooter. 30. Mm-hmm. 3-0. Yes. Terrible. Bad. He's, he's a seventy-four percent free throw shooter. He's a terrible defender. He's un, he's he's undersized, so you can't really play him. You you can never play him at center. He's basically a you have to play him at power forward guy. Well, well, will at the same time, you know, I I mean, I I'd like to quote the magic, the great Magic Johnson here. I mean, shooting. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but shooting. Who cares about shooting? You know what wins in this league? Defense and toughness. Who cares that's about true. shooting? That's true. Defense and toughness. The that's Warriors. What wins in this the year. Warriors won this because week. they had toughness. <laughs> I can't believe that was a real quote by him. <laughs> that was terrible. 
That was terrible. Now, yeah. So moving Can we just on. Shoot down the real quick. The D'Angelo Russell comes back to Lakers. Rumors. There's no shot. <laughs> this is hilarious. That even starts. <laughs> like D'Angelo Russell would ever go back there. If I'm you know D'Angelo Russell, I'm going to Phoenix over them. You know what's the the, the worst rumor I heard that uh I, I forget who who said it, but um it's like oh yeah Utah Jazz have interest in D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> That one, D'Angelo Russell is gonna play in Utah. <laughs> well, if they offer up enough money, they can. Um, they, uh, I, they can. A, they can. Oh, Derek Favors. Can they, Derek uh, Favors is another one of my guys. Um, who, who I think you can get for kind of cheap. Like, do they? Do, <laughs> I don't know. I think that D'Angelo Russell would take less money to not play in Utah. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell is not living in Utah. It's not no, happening. I'm gonna agree, be but... making a, 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 a sex tape with. <laughs> Oh, with, with, you, with, you don't even have to finish this thought. You don't have to finish Bader this thought. Ginsburg before oh, D'Angelo God. Russell decides, well, you know what? I'm, I want to live in Utah. I'm just saying. I just, I just felt the need to say that because that, that, that's not happening. That's, there's no way in hell D'Angelo Russell's playing in Utah. Come on. Don't, don't talk bad about, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I fuck with RBG. I fuck with RBG. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not happening. Okay. Actually, I want to bring up something she, real quick. She, she can do better than you. <laughs> she's an american hero okay seriously that's actually a fact anyway anyway um, let's, anyway let's change that um, anyway uh i i thought that was interesting that people were saying oh yeah the, the the lakers can get a bunch of like yeah ring chasers you know obviously they'll sign for the minimum are there any like ring chasers this year there's only two that i can think of one is my man carmelo mm-hmm. and the other is actually someone that i actually really like for the lakers um zebo but I can't, yeah. I can't think of anyone else other than that. Can you? I thought of Danny Green, I guess, but he's he's now won like three championships. He doesn't. He's not going to be chasing. And he's coming off of a playoffs where he was where, like, where he probably earned himself seven million a year. Yeah, like he was fucking bad at times, like bad. But, like wasn't but, like oh six in the first but, half bad. Yeah, but he still hit a few clutch shots and won a chip, which means he's guaranteed seven million. I agree. What, he's what the he's the NBA. he's the millennial version of Rob Horry. And honestly, Danny Green is a guy I would still love to have on my team. Of course, of course. Guy who's been there before, a guy a guy who you know that w- that won't make a mistake in the last five minutes. I completely agree with that. You know who just... can't say that about Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> you know who you can say that about Lance Stevenson, anyway. Brooklyn. So let's go. So, Sean Marks, Lance, make him dance. Take it back to the borough where it so, all started. You know what the deal is, my man, Lance. We gotta have you back in Brooklyn, my man. So, we so need we've, you, bro. So we've talked a ton here, <laughs> by Anthony Davis. The, the, to, to wrap not, gonna, up, not gonna address my Lance commentary. Nope. So, <laughs> so, so to wrap up, to wrap up the Anthony Davis, um, it, it's it's as simple as both teams. Got what they wanted. The Lakers absolutely overpaid, but Anthony Davis is literally a once in a generation kind of guy. And and honestly, um, Palinka completely overpaid. But the but he he there's a there's a very good chance, and by very good I mean almost one hundred percent chance that he's not even there by the time those twenty twenty five picks convey. So what does he care? 
I just I I, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, I would also say wrapping up this topic that the Lakers have to they really, really, really have to spend this money not on just one guy. They need to spend the twenty three million dollars on multiple guys who can actually play in a playoff game. So basically that they basically, the, the Lakers yeah. worst case scenario this playoffs that bars any injuries is that you've got LeBron, you've got um uh you know A D out there, maybe Danny Green. TJ McConnell, some other guy. You've got your starting five, which is really good, and you're stuck like the Philly, like the like Philly was. And you're yep. looking down your bench, and Brett Brown's like, eh, Boban, you wanna you wanna come in for 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 five minutes? Like you don't yeah, want it's, like, it's, like, it's like Boban. Do you want to come in while Embiid blows his nose here? You don't want to like talk yourself into your bench guys. Like yeah, Boban's like here's the thing. I love Boban, but like he's like the girl who's you you know you're. You're happy to like hook up with, but like, uh, or like you know, date a few times. You know, she's she's fun. You know, she dances. Nice teammate, good person to have around. And then, you know, it, but then like you need to meet her parents or like move in, and it's like, ooh, Boban. No, but no, I, no. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a. It's see, a problem. I, 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 norm, I normally, I normally never kind of play into your analogies, but yeah. I, I, I have to correct that one because I have all a much right, better one. All right. Boban, yes. Boban is Boban is that girl that 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 you're that you're seeing and all your friends absolutely love her like oh that's so cool you get to, you get to date Boban like that's so cool but you having him on your team is or you you getting to date her is like uh, there's a lot of better options exactly I agree exactly a playoff game you know with your it's 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 not you know if you're really looking for a relationship you look down your bench and it's like uh. Oof. Like, oh yeah, there's Space Boba. Jam too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so not great. Anyway, on to the next. Anyway, topic. anyway, on to the next topic and our and our last topic of the podcast. We're, we have a whole free agency. Our, our next few podcasts are gonna be are gonna be pretty full. We got a whole draft recap that's gonna be coming up after the draft because mm-hmm. obviously there's gonna be trades that happen. There's gonna be surprise draft picks the giants will move up and take whatever whatever the daniel jones at number six when everyone thought he was going to be a second round pick there's always moments like that that happen in every draft mm-hmm. um so we'll break all that down and then we also have a full free agency preview coming up we're going to talk about what essentially every team should be doing and looking for in free agency um spoiler alert my celtics take is that they need to get the hell away from kyrie irving uh yeah it's shocking <laughs> Now, but but here's here's. I can't a, wait for uh, Terry Rozier and Devin Booker. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So so here's here's the here's our last topic. NBA draft is in two or three days, depending on when you listen to this. Julian, who are some of your some of your draft crushes so far? Oof. So I got I've got other than Bull Bull, just because I think that guy has Porzingis level potential. Mm-hmm. And in this type of a draft, even though there are a few questions about his motor, even though I don't actually agree with them, but in the injury concern is a huge thing. I think you just got to, like I said earlier, really just, have, just fucking swing for the fences. I have Everybody questions about his, uh, about his personality, too. I think, I think that, I, I forget who I, heard, who I heard say this, but I think, you know, he's got a legacy as far as his father. I think in the right situation, Uncle, he's going to be think. properly, he's going to probably, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be motivated properly. Um, But my three big draft crushes, I would first say, I want to preface this. I've never been a fan of Gonzaga players, whether it be yep. Olenek or Adam Morton or Zach Collins until they finally won me over. 
Mm-hmm. I like Ruben I was Hassi telling more. you about Zach Collins. He uh, was he one was, of my guys. <laughs> uh, he's good. I'm still like Enos Cantor more than him, my man. But yeah. uh, I, I, okay, I like this Hachimura kid. You know, high character guy, hard worker. His game has gotten better every year he's played. And even though he still has raw, I think he has, he has this kind of little finesse in his game. He's got good mm-hmm. instincts. Great defender, but he's got potential to be better. Athletic guy. Um, yeah. He's even though he's not really he's not really a three point shooter right now. He's he's shown shooting touch. He's got vision. Yeah, he, has, he, has, he has potential shooting. The problem with him is that he's twenty one and is raw and like I don't know. I'd kind of like him in the D League for a few years and then he's twenty five. He's, he's he's an intriguing guy. I worry about the fact that he's a six eight power forward that can't rebound. That's a problem. Yes, I agree. That's that's kind of concerning. But but yeah, I mean, he, definitely, he definitely has potential as like a bench guy that comes in, knocks down a few shots, kind of like maybe, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, could be, he could be even better than that, I think. I think he's got yeah. more potential than that, yeah. Okay. I would actually, here's my thing, though. Here's my, I have two, one big sleeper, personally, Cam Johnson. Out of Cam UNC. Johnson, yeah. Big guy, he can drive, but what he can, what he can do is he can shoot 46% yes, can. from three this year. 46% from three. And, I like and, his and, shot form. He can just he can just fucking shoot in guys' faces. Like, this yeah. is just... I, I, he reminds what's me cool a lot of Shemet. He's like a big know, Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Um, what's what, what I like about him is when you're drafting later, and so, so right now I think he's projected in, like, the mid-20s, I believe. Mm-hmm. So if you're a team drafting in the mid-20s, you want a guy that can come in and contribute. Mm-hmm. He's a senior out of college. You know what you're getting out of him. You know he's not going to be afraid. Mm-hmm. He's he's certainly a guy that if like I'm the if I'm if, if the Warriors grab him, I'm scared. Oof, man, you know. Seriously. And I think that he can get better than this. That's the thing. I really think he can be better. There. And there. I agree. And my one last guy, not really a huge sleeper, but um, he's projected to go like maybe 17th or 18th. I really like PJ Washington out of Kentucky. Yeah. Even though he's a he's a he's a you, he's only six eight, but he's you, I think you love he's a, these undersized power forwards. I don't know. I like this guy. This guy's more than just an undersized power forward. Really athletic guy. Fifty two percent on post ups. Shot over forty percent on threes. Mm-hmm. He's got bouncy guy. You know, he's got a nice motor. Gets rebounds on offense. He really wants it. But you know, he he's not a ton. He's not really that you know great on defense or really explosive, but. I think this guy could be a, just a you know really fantastic modern four and a future starter in this league. I could see him kind of as maybe more athletic and a better shooting Taj Gibson. Okay, okay. I'll I'll give you I'll give you two of my my draft crushes. One okay. of them, everyone and their mom knows, oh, Admiral Schofield. Yeah, I like I, him too. I like him too. I love Admiral Schofield. <laughs> I. I wish I could say enough good things about Admiral Schofield. Mm-hmm. This dude is built like semi ogile So, so, okay. There's a lot of reasons I like Admiral Schofield. I think he's going to be a great defender. I think he's going to be a good three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics brought him in for a workout. And, I, and you know I liked him. We were watching March Madness, and I texted you. And I said, I guarantee the Celtics take Admiral Schofield. Yeah, because he is a stereotypical Danny Ainge guy, mm-hmm. and the Celtics brought him in a few a few weeks ago to work him out. And his draft interview in it, he said, "My favorite player in the league is Marcus Smart. That's who I'd like to play like." First mm-hmm. of all, I'm already sold. Like, like that was, 
between the fact that I loved watching him play because he's just a tank and the fact that he is a senior in college, you know what you're getting out of him. He's, he's, it's not like he's a, it's not like he's going to be a lottery pick or maybe even a first round pick. So he's, he's a total no risk player at all. But then it gets better because in his interview, he said they, they were asked, he, someone asked him, uh, what, what would be the best outcome for your career in your mind? And he said, I want to be the MVP of whatever role I'm in. Mm, good answer. Good answer. In, oh like my family feud. God. I, I couldn't, when he said that I was, I was already a thousand percent in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm 1500% in now. Move over grace. Oh my God. That company. <laughs> the fact I, I, I love, I love the fact that, that, because I hate it when guys are like, the guys are like, I, I think I can be the best player. It's like, shut up. You're going to, you're a projected second round pick. He's, he's, he's from a small town in Illinois. He's a low key guy. He's, he's sick. He's like six, six. He's got a six ten wingspan. He's going to be able to defend anyone, shoot threes. Oh my God. Do I love Admiral Schofield? He's 240 pounds and he's six, six. Dude is thick. This dude is built. <laughs> Two seeds, try three or four. God damn. Okay. Just just think like how good it will be like on the pregame show on Nesson or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, fucking NBC Boston when uh you know they're they're televising arm wrestling between uh Ojale and, <laughs> and Avaro. I, I, of- I can't wait for all the uh for all the after the draft workout videos that the Celtics were to take him of being like of like shaky iPhone footage of oh man, look, semi Ojale and Admiral Schofield are having a lifting competition in the in the workout room. Getting Gabusel on the treadmill. Oh my god, I, I, <laughs> I, I am so high on Admiral Schofield, and, and I don't think Admiral Schofield's ever going to be like a starter or anything. I, th- I think that his best case scenario is like a is like a seventh man on like a championship team. Uh-huh. But goddamn, do I want him to be my seventh man? Yes, <laughs> I agree. I agree with you, bro. That was the most enthusiastic take ever for a bench guy. <laughs> yeah, I might have to tag Admiral Schofield when we put the podcast on Instagram. I might actually have to. I don't know. I think you might love this. Oh, man. I, I <laughs> love Admiral Schofield. My other guy that I like, and this one is a little bit controversial. Okay. I like Nasir Little. I know you. I heard. I heard about this before. I think you told me about your your, your like this guy. I think I might have mentioned him before. Yes, we so, did. So I feel like Nasir Little is another guy that I think you could probably get with like a pick in like the late teens kind of area. Like I feel like if you, I feel like you could draft him probably at around seventeen. I don't know who's <laughs> drafting in seventeen, but um, but I feel he's like another he's, of those he's, guys who could be number eight or number seventeen. Who the fuck knows, honestly? Yeah, I could see him drafted anywhere between like fourteen and twenty. Uh huh. The reason I like Nasir Little, and this is kind of similar to why I'm also why I also like Cam Reddish still. Uh-huh. I like well, actually, I like Cam Reddish because I think that Cam Reddish has like all defensive first team potential. I agree. Um, but I like he might Nasir just be Little. longer. He might just be taller than Nilakina. That's fair. Nasir Little was super highly recruited out of high school. Um, he was supposed to be one of the best players in the draft. Had a pretty bad year. That's actually mm-hmm. completely underselling it. He had a terrible year at UNC. Uh-huh. Uh, couldn't shoot at all. Um, and really, really struggled to find himself. Yes. But I like him because 
He's a he's a six seven guy, six seven forward, seven two wingspan, two hundred and thirty pounds. Again, he's I, I like I like these guys that are just built like a tank. Yeah. Um, I, I like guys with long wingspans that are super strong because I think that with those kind of guys, everything can go wrong and they can still be disruptive on defense. I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's why I like Nasir Little. Because I feel like in the again, this is this is this is I cannot emphasize this part and emphasize this part enough. In the right situation, if he was drafted by let's say I don't know what pick the Spurs have. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, the Spurs have nineteen. If uh-huh. the Spurs were to draft Nasir Little, ooh, or or like or like the Pacers or the Celtics or someone in that kind of range. Uh huh then I think that he has the potential to be really good. Hawks. Because he is a, he's a hyper-athletic guy. He can rebound. He's got a crazy wingspan. His three-point shot could come around, and he's, and he's barely 19 years old. He's made some free throws. Yeah. Not a terrible free throw shooter. I just, again, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up like Josh Jackson. Uh-huh. But I did not like Josh Jackson coming out of the draft. I agree. You got to get on a team that can teach, teach him how to shoot. You know, Chip England's out here. Celtics yeah. taught Jalen how to shoot. So yeah. why can't they teach, teach Nas Little if he wants to get in the gym and whatnot? Yeah. Also, I just want to say real quick, like, if, if, you're, if you're a team with kind of like a second-round draft pick to burn, like, mm-hmm. fuck it, take Taco Fall. Like, why not? Just yeah, I mean, he, could be, he could be a fun guy out there, you know. I kind of, I kind of agree. I kind of, I feel like if you're drafting after fifty, just take Taco Fall. Like, like just you could. Like, like I don't think, a, I don't think he will be drafted, but he's someone in a playoff game that you could just say, "Well, <laughs> Taco, you want to just like stick your hands up and just like no, but, you, know, you know what he is? He's <laughs> he's, he's he's the number fourteen guy on your bench who suddenly there's there's one point five seconds left on the clock and you throw him in to guard the inbound pass. Yes. Literally, bro, I would. Literally, he he's got he's got like what like an eight four wingspan or something. Mm-hmm. Literally, just throw him out there for the last one point seven seconds of the shot clock of the game clock, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Just have him guard the inbound pass and then go back out. And it's one of the oldest corniest sayings either, but ever. But like, you can't teach tall. Like, no, like, you can't. He's fucking massive. Like, he he has no post game whatsoever. I don't know. If, I don't think he fits in a modern league. No, not at all. He, but you know, just... he wants it. You know, he's a nice offensive rebounder. He's got some good instincts, I think, defensively. You know, I don't know. Why not? Why not? Yeah. He's actually yeah. more built than Bull Bull. Like, he's got yeah. more muscle than him. Yeah, that's he's true. He's hard. He's gotten better every year in college. You know, why not take a flyer on him? That's true. All right, so we're going to record another episode after the draft with our reactions to whatever happens. Um whatever happens, we're ready for it. Uh, I think the top three picks in the draft are completely set in stone. Uh-huh. But after those three, after the, after those three, I can't even remember a draft in recent memory that's had as many question marks as this one. Uh-huh. Like I could see, I could see Cam Reddish getting drafted anywhere from four to 12. Uh-huh. And there's a I, lot of guys like that. I can see him becoming Paul George or like worse yeah, Michael Green. Beasley. Like, way worse Michael yeah. Beach. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Who the fuck knows? It's going to be yeah. interesting, though. <laughs> anyway, thanks That's for listening. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. why we watch. Yeah. 
All right, thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Scorer's Table. Hope you guys enjoyed. It was a little bit of a longer episode, but certainly we had a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, we'll we be back. We get to talk about the Knicks after, like, the KD and now no AD and now... Uh, that's that's all coming Mary in the free agency. Oh, uh, damn, we've got so much to talk about still, even though we had such a fantastic episode today. Yep, yep. But thanks for listening. If you guys enjoyed, please, uh, please subscribe, leave a good rating, review. We appreciate it. Uh... Yeah, thanks for listening and we'll uh we'll see you guys next episode. See you soon.